0: and welcome to Telling the Tale. I'm your host, Mitchell Farley wolf and I'm here today with Dustin Jackson. Hey, Dustin, how's it hanging?
1: Hey, it's hanging pretty well. Uh, Mitch, I have a question for you today.
0: Absolutely, hit it.
1: Um, do you know the old gray mare?
0: (laughs) Well, I heard that she's not what she used to be.
1: That came up a couple times.
0: Yeah, in in the video game Bone Out from Boneville, it did come out a couple of times. Oh, uh,
1: oh, okay. Did you
0: play that? I, by the way,
1: I sure did. So that's I, a great
0: coincidence because I also played that. I thought we could do a podcast about it.
1: I guess while we're here, I guess while we're recording, we could talk about it.
0: Yeah, I know that we got on Discord mostly just to talk about our recent <laughs> our recent <laughs> rewatch of the classic. Robin Williams movie Hook, but instead we will talk about Bone Out from Boneville and recording. Sorry, it. everyone. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Hook fans. You'll get one next time. Um, yeah, you know what? I I <laughs> this this game is is going to be a little bit different again. I guess every game in Telltale's canon is going to feel very different, except for. Uh, follow-up seasons of the same franchise and we should begin to expect that every time right yeah i was a little taken back by telltale texas hold'em and how all of the tools that we had developed over the six episodes of sam and max didn't necessarily apply to that game but that is actually just going to be the norm our tools won't apply as we discuss bone out from boneville but dustin what did you think of bone out from boneville
1: Um, you know, I liked it for the most part. There was a couple things in there that I really did not care for. But uh, overall, I was pretty surprised considering, uh, you know, when this came out. This predates Sam and Max, you know. Telltale Texas Hold'em came out first, but this was kind of Telltale's first adventure game. And for what it is, I was pretty surprised. I would say I like... Maybe some small elements even more than Salmon Max Season 1. Really? Very small elements. <laughs> it's <laughs> well, it's not better than Salmon Max Season 1, but I'd say there's a, a couple things in there I like better.
0: You'll have to tell me which ones those are. Uh, but let's go through the detailing of the episode. It came out in September 15th of 2005. That's about one full year before sam and max season 1 started oh. it's based on the comic bone by jeff smith so this is another pre-established franchise based on a comic and jeff smith sort of like steve Purcell in his relationship with sam and max is a very single like like a single story focused comic author um uh, both Steve Purcell and Jeff Smith do other comics as well but they're primarily known for this one big thing in this case Bone uh and that comic started in 1991 and that is also when the first volume was released and that first volume Bone out from Boneville is the basis of this video game episode and right it was written- uh by Dave Grossman and Heather Logos.
1: Those are familiar names.
0: They are at this point, aren't they? (laughs) Sorry, what were you going to say?
1: Oh, I was just going to ask if you have any prior uh, relationship experience with uh, the Bone comic before playing this.
0: Sort of. I remember the Bone... Like, the volumes of Bone always being a hot commodity at the elementary school library where I went.
1: That's sweet. I like that story.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I remember it was one of those kinds of books at the library that... The library had a lot of books for an elementary school library. It didn't need to have that many, but it it was well-stocked. And there were maybe less than 10 books, actually, in the rotation of popular books (laughs) that students wanted to rent out at any given time i remember the series of unfortunate events was a pretty big one um harry potter was so big that we like that was if you found it in the library you needed to take it out immediately even if you had no interest in reading harry potter it was just that rare of an occurrence um and bone bone was another one where i remember kids wanting to uh, read that all the time
1: Wow, Bone on the same level as Harry Potter.
0: No, not <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> but maybe on a similar level to a series of unfortunate events, which is still pretty high praise.
1: Yeah, that's that's still pretty in demand.
0: I probably read out from Boneville. I wager I read maybe part of it, maybe not the whole thing. And I definitely didn't stick any of it in my long-term memory, and I didn't read anything beyond that. <laughs> uh, so I don't... I don't remember the story of Bone very well, but I do have memories of seeing, like, the art style on the page. Have you read any, Bone?
1: I've read... It, I actually have a very similar uh, relationship. I've only read uh, bits and pieces here and there. Um, Again, like you, I think I read part of the first volume... I don't know why I didn't stick with it. I'm sure I liked it, but uh, I remember seeing it for the first time. I don't know if you remember the old magazine, uh, Disney Adventures Magazine. Oh, um, I do. Uh, there was a period of time where they were just running chapters of bone in that magazine. And I remember seeing... Bo- I I don't think they started from the beginning. I think they just picked, like... I, I think they started, like... I don't know exactly where. I remember he was in the snow. He was being chased by the rat creatures. I specifically remember that. Um, But I was like, wow, this looks cool. Uh, And then I just never really sat down and read the rest. Have you seen how much bone there is? Like, have you seen the book that's like the whole thing?
0: Yeah, it's a big book. But the fact that the whole thing can be in one book means it's not necessarily that long, right?
1: That's true. It's short enough to be in a book, but long enough that it's a mighty hefty book.
0: It seems like an impressive tome.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that sounds mystical.
0: (laughs) Uh, Here's the thing about Bone. I know that it's lengthy, and I know that the volume out from Boneville that started it is the first one of nine volumes in the story. It is now over, and that volume had six issues in it. It was six uh, collected issues. The video game we just played does not seem like it possibly could have covered everything in six issues.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it was a
0: very small half of one story.
1: Yeah, that's true. It's it's not a very long game, Uh I would assume parts are left out. Some parts changed to better fit a uh, interactive experience. But I got uh, stuck
0: at one point, and it still only took me ninety
1: minutes. Oh, geez, <laughs> Mister Pro Gamer.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty good at Bone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you might have heard of me. I'm that guy who's good at Out from Boneville.
0: <laughs> bone out from Bone. I was thinking this earlier. Bone out from Boneville has a very similar cadence and tone as fat dog for midterms from the show community. <laughs>
1: it's yeah, it, a, it's, it's a so good thing to say. I really like the way you say it because the, the title of the whole series is called Bone and then volume one is called Out from Boneville, but the way you say it makes it sound like uh, Bone Out are part of the same, like maybe yeah. there's a hyphen between them. Bone yeah. out from Boneville. Like, like it's bone a out skateboard is the ad- move. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I'm going to bone that's out. That's what this. skateboarders
0: call skateboard moves, by the way. Skateboard moves.
1: <laughs> wow, bro. <laughs> that's a great skateboard move you did.
0: Yeah. I should know anything <laughs> about skateboarding. Um, <laughs> I also found out that the nine volumes of Bone are divided into three major arcs. And the first arc of Bone is called the Vernal Equinox.
1: Wow, what a name.
0: Yeah, right? It's it's a attention-grasping name, especially for I... something like Bone, where the names are usually a little more childish and, and whimsical.
1: Yeah, you hear that and you're like, I don't know what any of that is. I want to know what any of that is.
0: Yeah, Vernal Equinox sounds like something that would be in a high fantasy story, not Bone necessarily. Although Bone is a pastiche of fantasy stories. Should we get into the actual episode at this point? Yeah, we've been talking around <laughs> Bone.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm sure people get the gist. Bone is a comic.
0: Bone is a comic. It existed early 90s to late aughts, I think, is when it went. Um I the th- game think so. I didn't like it that much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, I I liked it, but I can get wh- I get where you're coming from.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk about the specifics as we go through it. It opens with a lore dump, and this is not the game's fault, but I know that Telltale um, they likely had intentions to go through all of Bone at some point. Why would they, you know, start this giant episodic venture if they don't want to finish it?
1: Mm -hmm. So
0: there are approximately seven ninths of the story that we're just not getting. Because they only did the first two volumes of the uh, the story. So they're giving you this lore dump about this old dragon named Mim who's got to keep her tail in her mouth no matter what or else the world's going to go to shit. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and um, ain't that just the way
0: <laughs> uh a, a dark spirit called the locust got inside mim and then all the other dragons had to go kill mim and then they were sad about it because they loved mim but the, the locust is in her and i'm watching all of this and i'm just thinking there's no way i could possibly use this information in any kind of way in the two episodes <laughs> of the game they made <laughs> like there's not a chance that this comes up later
1: yeah i mean they could have just left it out and i would have been none the wiser it it doesn't come into play at all at least in these uh i would assume in the second one too but definitely not in this first uh chapter
0: yeah uh do do you have any feelings about that storytelling that they did at the beginning
1: um, I think it could've been cut. Like you could have just started right with the the bones in the valley. Um and it would have been fine. I'm
0: sure bone aficionados out there who might or might not be listening to this podcast, um, are probably thinking like, Oh, that stuff's so important. It becomes pivotal in the later volumes of Bone, and I bet it does, but it yeah. is it is not yet. And uh Again, it's not the game's fault that it got cancelled after only the second episode of the thing.
1: Right. I kind of feel like, um, and listen, I'm not a professional storyteller. Maybe I'm totally wrong on this, but I feel like... I think you're a
0: professional storyteller.
1: Oh, stop. I think you tell all
0: your stories very professionally.
1: (laughs) Oh, thank you. But, um... I feel like you probably could have cut that and maybe just done it like later down the line at a point where you're more invested in this world. Doing this lore dump right at the beginning when you're like, I, I don't have any context for this. Just get to the funny cartoon characters. Um, I feel like you could have done it like later down the line after, you know, these characters have them like learn this story about uh the world at the same time you learn it. Um, and it would have flowed a little nicer but you know maybe that's not how it's done in the comic
0: I have nothing against the tone of it but it is just not the same as the game that you play after it yeah Um, (laughs) I'd be I'd be down to play that game or I would be down to play the the silly bone men game and either way would be fine But then it immediately cuts to Smiley Bone, Phone Bone, and Fonsible P-Bone, or Phony Bone, just in the (laughs) middle of the desert. Turns out they got kicked out of Boneville because Phony Bone made a few bad investment decisions and, I guess, tanked the town. (laughs) (laughs) they, They don't exactly explain what he did or why that's bad but it's
1: it's kind of left to the imagination at this point. I don't know if it's like explain later, but at this point you just know oh, uh something went south with these bone boys or at least phony bone <laughs> that ended up getting all of them chased out.
0: Something went south with these bone boys. <laughs> um I I wrote down in my notes that it gave me immediate adventure time vibes with the the kind of sort of looping and cartoonish Humor with the high fantasy background. Uh, But that didn't stick around for very long. That vibe wasn't... It didn't permeate the rest of the story.
1: Yeah. What do you think of Phone Bone, Phony Bone, and Smiley Bone? So, in my notes, I have that all three of these Bone characters are, like, perfectly cast. I I think the voice... Acting on like all three of them is, well, maybe f- not so much phone bone. He's a, he's a little boring. I I feel like phone bone is not an interesting character right now. Yeah, uh, but I do really like phony bone and smiley bone, and this this is something I keep in mind a lot for my own characters. It kind of sucks when like you have the main character and they kind of have to be sort of this boring blank slate the normal one and then like the other like phony bone and smiley bone are also main characters but they're not like the main character who i would say is phone bone uh he has to be boring the other two get to have strong wild personalities and they're a lot more memorable and fun meanwhile phone bone is just like oh i'm lost i have to find my cousins
0: that's a really good phone bone for a Thanks. character that doesn't have any kind of interesting voice or personality or accent. The fact that you were <laughs> able to do an impression that—that's like really good.
1: Thanks. Uh, he's voiced by the guy who voices Sam in Sam and Max Season One, who I also feel like starts out a little boring but progressively gets better and better. Um, so yeah, you know,
0: Sam's got a. I love Sam's voice though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, Sam I is just... just also a much more entertaining character than Phone Bone.
0: True. I also don't like that Smiley Bone is Smiley and Phony Bone is Phony, but Phone isn't a phone.
1: <laughs> That's like, true. There's, there's
0: not much to that. The name's just wrong. <laughs> the name yeah. just doesn't apply to him.
1: Yeah, he's... I I would be a lot more interested in this story if, like... Phony... Well, the weird thing about it is Phony Bone feels like more of the star than Phone Bone does. Even though Phone Bone's kind of framed as the main character. Like, a lot of the plot comes from Phony Bone. Yeah. Yeah. But, um... It's interesting that Phone Bone is, has the same voice as Sam. Because Phony Bone has the same voice as Max in episode one.
0: It's true. I... It's taken this conversation to make me realize how little I care about phone bone.
1: Yeah, the whole time I was like, I. it's not like I want to dislike you. I want to like all of these characters, but he's just really uninteresting. The performance is boring. Um, But again, he doesn't really have much to work with. And I I'm do like, like, I like
0: the f- idea of what phone bone looks like just visually as a bone, though, a lot more than phony bone or a smiley bone mostly because Phony Bone and Smiley Bone look like wrong versions of phone Bone. In a a, a sort of way. (laughs) Like, Phony Bone almost looks like the Bone version of if you took Mickey Mouse and just drew angry eyebrows on him. Interesting. Now that's Phony Bone.
1: (laughs) I never thought of it like that.
0: But from a personality perspective, I totally agree. Uh, They're they're talking about how to get back from Boneville. They're lost in the middle of the desert. They find a map that does not matter because they immediately (laughs) get chased off of a cliff by a swarm of locusts.
1: That's true. I remember the locusts. it,
0: It might be a callback to that thing in the intro where the locust took over Mim, but they don't seem to address it.
1: Yeah, I I would assume I'm really sorry to the people who know Bone out there. We we are not. I this makes me want to go read Bone, but yeah, maybe Locusts have more of a uh, a bigger presence in this world.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about how much I should and whatever I do, you don't have to do, Dustin, but um, how much I should prepare for these episodes because I did know a lot about Salmon and Max and I played all the way through Hit the Road recently and there isn't much to know about the background of telltale texas hold'em but now is the first time where i'm actually coming up against a lack of knowledge in the source material where maybe i should have actually just read bone before we did this episode but also that's a lot i, <laughs> a, I know it's a lot <laughs> it's a big book reading hard reading hard dustin
1: reading too much for small brain yeah make you, angry It's a comic <laughs>
0: <laughs> it it do make angry a little bit though. <laughs> um But I I can only tell you what happens in the de- in um uh, going through this episode. And I assume that you're the same way Dustin. Have you played the Great Cow Race ever? I realize that I have not.
1: No, I I've never, and my only experience with this chapter even was playing a demo for it way back around *Salmon Max* season one time. Uh, but I've never even touched the Great Cow Race.
0: I'm I'm interested to see if um, any of the plot lines that they're teasing out in out from Boneville are actually resolved in the Great Cow Race. This is the first time where I am anticipating the next episode of something on this podcast because i sort of know what all the other episodes we've done so far uh entailed
1: yeah i, a, a I m-
0: milestone for the podcast
1: that's very true this is a first everybody listening everyone clap
0: i clapped um <laughs> that,
1: that was that was your period of time to clap the clap time over
0: <laughs> it was one clap uh <laughs> phone lens in a in in a dark cave some rat creatures try to eat him, and then a dragon says, wait, no, don't, though. And then he gets out of the cave. <laughs> <And> that's <laughs> that's how that goes. He ends up in a nice valley where it's all wooded and seemingly magical in some way. And um,
1: That he... cave part is not super interesting either. You just kind of go through and pick up Smiley's cigars.
0: Yeah, it's there for the tone, but still... I wonder, my dog's all barky right now. Do you hear him?
1: I haven't heard a single dog.
0: Well, he's barking a lot, so it might sound like multiple. Have you heard that? (laughs) I didn't. Okay. Well, I'll keep this discussion in the episode. Uh, (laughs) Phone (laughs) gets out of the cave, and he sees Ted the bug, which is a a little, uh, what, what do you call those leaf bugs? Did you just call them leaf bugs?
1: I think they're just called leaf bugs.
0: Yeah, he's that bug that evolved to look like a leaf for uh, for reasons that I don't necessarily understand. Because people definitely also eat leaves in the animal kingdom. And uh, he says, hi, I'm Ted the bug. And would you like to cross the, you know, just... It, it's, it's, <laughs> it's hard to talk about what happens here. Ted just says, you look like a cool guy. If you want help uh, finding your cousins, gotta find Phony and Smiley. That's like the big impetus of the episode. You should probably talk to Thorn, and she's on the other side of this, uh, on the other side of this river.
1: I don't like this river crossing part with Ted. Tell me about why. Um. So. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the way you cross this river on these rocks is you need to get to specific rocks from specific rocks, and I just felt like I was kind of going in circles a lot of the time, and the the click boxes for these rocks are, are not super big. Um, It wasn't like the worst, you know, I figured it out eventually, but it just felt like a lot of going around in circles, kind of annoying. Uh, I would not consider it a fun part of the game
0: so ted has a jumping pattern which is that he always does two little hops and then a big hop mm. and uh he and phone bone talk about that <laughs> phone just like mentions hey i noticed you always jump in threes two little hops and then a big hop it like you know the way that you talk to <laughs> someone and then
1: <laughs> the rocks... i noticed you do this thing for gameplay purposes <laughs>
0: The rocks on the the river are arranged so that you always have to go uh, one rock's length, one rock's length, and then two rock's length in that order in order to cross the river. And um, I I think there are multiple ways to go through it, so I don't think it's specific rocks. I I think you can reach the end in, in multiple different ways. But it was a weird logic puzzle in the middle of the otherwise purely narrative experience that i thought was strange
1: right uh you know probably on me for not figuring it out but it also just is not that fun a puzzle to do
0: yeah i don't i don't think it's i don't i don't think it's a wildly fun thing to do it's reminding me a lot of in fact a lot of the things in this episode remind me very much of humongous games more than lucas arts
1: inter that's very interesting explain so you're talking to someone named dustin here who has never played a humongous entertainment game so
0: we should do a very special episode at one point where we play pajama sam but that's a good um, idea yeah it'll be called a vse a very special episode (laughs) In any case, uh, Humongous Games was founded by Ron Gilbert after he made Bunky Island 2. He left LucasArts and he wanted to make a studio where, A, he's in charge so he didn't have to, you know, not make the games he wanted to make. But also he wanted to make games specifically for children. So definitely the narratives of the games were made a little more cartoony and a little more toned down to be more appealing to children, but also the gameplay. Um, He was looking at children's games at the time and they were always very easy and pretty brain-dead experiences of a character on screen telling you, click the red button, and then you would (laughs) click the red button and then the character would say, hooray! Uh,
1: (laughs) What a puzzle.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a it's a real puzzle. Uh but it isn't. And Ron Gilbert wanted real, actual adventure games for kids. Um and what that mostly broke down to was in Monkey Island you'd have three strands of things you could do at any given time. Like when you're trying to become a pirate, when you're trying to prove that you're a pirate, you need to do the uh the three things that the pirate guys in the uh the bar tell you to do and you can work on any of those three things at any time and you can sort of do them out of order so you can always be working on something and that's something that adults tend to like pretty much uh or or a, a lot rather because adults have the ability to put things on the back burner and think about things in their subconscious and not be distracted with them while they're trying to do other things And if they get too frustrated with one puzzle, they can jump to another puzzle. And kids can't do that so much. But uh, he he talked about this in an interview once. He was watching a kid play Monkey Island. And he loved just watching... Or the kid loved watching uh, this... Like an animation of a bird jump off of the dock when you move a wood plank on the dock. Mm -hmm. So he thought, okay, if I can just make things like that... And if I can make the strands of puzzles... Um, much more linear and and singular, maybe I can make real adventure games that you can solve as a kid. And also the the big change that humongous brought was you couldn't do the verb bank for kids. Kids didn't really get a hold of that, um, you know, the the wall of verbs to choose from. Right. So what the humongous games did was they made it a, uh, a contextual cursor. So if you were to put the cursor over an item you can pick up, you would get an icon of like a hand in a pocket or something to, to show that you can pick that thing up. Or if you do if you put the cursor over something you can use, you have an icon that indicates usage. So you don't need to pick the verb. Every item in the game has a pre-designated verb for you already when you put your cursor on it.
1: Right. Which, I think I think that's a good way to do it.
0: I think so, too. It does make it considerably more easy and less complicated. You can't have an item that you can do two different things to in that system. Mm-hmm. And um, but th- that's fine. In that case, that is fine because... You're trying to make the game less complex anyway for kids.
1: Right. You're trying to... Like, the point is you want them to solve the puzzle, not have to fiddle around with how to use different things.
0: Right. So you have games like Putt-Putt and Pajama Sam and Sly Fox and Freddy Fish. Uh, They all work almost exactly that same way with this contextual cursor. Some of them have a little bit of differences, and in most of them you can pick up inventory items and then use inventory items on things as well, but that's the general way that these games work. And Telltale does borrow that for their for, for Bone. That, to me, is very interesting, because these are a bunch of people who were working on a LucasArts adventure game, and they were at LucasArts, For most of the 90s. They did not jump ship to Humongous. And they were making more serious, probably more adult-focused adventure games. And then when they left to go work on Bone... At Telltale, their own company, they can do whatever they want. All of a sudden, they're making the kids game version of the adventure games. Which I don't think is any lesser at all. I've actually argued in the past that the of the adventure games in the mid 90s i think humongous might have done a slightly better job on average than many of lucas arts games um in in terms of creating actually interesting um puzzles and things even though they are considerably easier and made for kids that's sort of the the, the price you would pay for um a really interesting way to approach these puzzles You would think that Telltale would try establishing themselves as more adult right off the bat because they had come off Salmon Max Freelance Police, and they conceivably wanted to keep working on that.
1: Right. That that is very interesting. Maybe um, I wonder if it was just easier for them too. I wonder if uh, you know this. This is this team's. They did just come off a. Sam and Max, uh, Freelance Police, but they were still working with, like, you know, the new engine, and this was their first, uh, adventure game since then, so I- maybe it was- maybe they wanted to keep it easy for themselves as well as, uh, for the player.
0: Yeah, I could imagine that as a possibility. They wanted to make something that, uh, they they could put out fast- in that case, um, if that is the case, they wouldn't have to design many different narrative paths. Only, only the one singular linear path in the middle of the episode. Right, I can see that being true.
1: And and I I do think it's a change for the better. I think it's, um, I think just being able to click on an item like and just pick it up there, like it it it's an inventory item. Uh, if you found it, odds are that, that's all you need. The fact that they found it, they should just, uh, put it in their pocket and have it right then. You don't need to select, uh, pick up, uh, wood on the floor. Uh, you should just click on the wood on the floor, maybe have a little line that you would get by looking at it, like, wow, a piece of wood on the floor, and then, uh, your character picks it up and puts it in their pocket, uh, rather than, uh... As much as I love LucasArts adventure games, I love hearing like all the dialogue. I like hearing as much dialogue as I can, and sometimes it's like, well, what if they have a unique funny line for when they look at it? I don't want to pick it up and then lo- miss out on that dialogue, but just being able to click on it, they say their little funny line and then pick it up. Uh, bam, you're good to go, and then you can move on.
0: Yeah, there is... A, there's an itch within me when I play those old adventure games to get all of the dialogue possible but I've also found that doing so usually makes them feel a little worse and <laughs> they, they uh, <laughs> they're not always designed to be that kind of thing right? yeah I, I'd much rather just you know walk through the game and and experience it be immersed in that kind of thing without having to try every item on every other item in order to um, get all the other lines of dialogue or, or learning how to progress or something like that.
1: Right. And, and you can still do it. So you get like a funny line of dialogue when you click on it, but then just cut out the middleman, just have him pick it up right there.
0: So it's a, after you cross the river. Also, Ted's older brother helps you out during that. And Ted's older brother is a <laughs> really gross, semi-transparent yellow version of Ted. Um, who's bigger than phone bone he's just a big bug Um, sometime after that you meet the red dragon
1: is that before or after the rat creatures
0: no it's after you're right so okay Yeah. phone tries to keep walking through the woods and then the rat creatures stop him and they want to eat him But they also have a lot of disagreements amongst themselves, so you can, with your conversation options, just sort of trick them into having an argument and facing each other. And while they're doing that, you can sort of step away. You can eventually put enough space between yourselves and them that uh, you can run away. What do you think of these rat creatures?
1: I love their designs. I don't necessarily get why they're called rat creatures. They don't look like rats at all. But, um... They're fun. I've always liked their designs. Like I said back in uh, Disney Adventures magazine, uh, the chapter they had in there was about Bone being chased by the rat creatures. And even back then, I just think they're cool designs. These giant uh, shaggy beasts with these giant red eyes uh, and sharp teeth. And I think the fact that they're like characters, that they have personality... And funny lines of their own makes them even better. They're not just these like mindless creatures that want to eat a phone bone. Uh, I I like them. I think they're neat.
0: Yeah, they uh, I I like the the vibe of them. One of them wants to eat bone in a quiche, but uh, that's not a very monsterly thing to do. And the other one's saying, no, I, I'm just looking out for your reputation. Let's just make them in a stew. And uh, <laughs> I I side with the quiche one for sure.
1: Quiche is definitely more interesting. I think the other one should be open to trying new things. Yeah, especially especially, especially since it sounds like they always do stew. Like, wasn't the other one saying like, oh, it, again with the stew. Can't we just can't we do like a quiche for once? I
0: don't think of stew as a very manly, macho, monsterly kind of food either.
1: Yeah, I mean, either way, you're eating it. so. Yeah. I, I would say the monsterly part of it is eating a person.
0: I would also agree. That's probably where most of the monsterly parts of it come from. <laughs> um, but you can get away from them while they're arguing about which one of them is or is not fat or whether or not they're going to be eating him in a quiche. And then the red dragon sort of scares him away for Bone.
1: I adore this dragon design.
0: He's got a weird goatee and human hands.
1: Yeah, and funny ears. Funny little puffball ears.
0: Yeah, ears that you might see on a rabbit themed like pajama hat.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you ever wear those it, pajama it, it's, it's hats? a very unique dragon
0: <laughs> yeah it's a, it is a very unique dragon this is a dragon that they thought about for a while also um, when the rat creatures are threatening bone they call him little mammal <laughs> I would not have assumed bone was a mammal
1: yeah it's it's very interesting what exactly they are I mean, I, I guess I assumed mammal just because I don't, I don't know <laughs> they're they're very uh, person esque.
0: I assumed they were literal bones. I I thought they were <laughs> hard. I thought they were hard to the touch.
1: <laughs> I don't that never occurred to me, but I can one hundred percent see it because they they're just pure white creatures with these yeah. weird bulbous parts coming off.
0: I thought that's why they were called bones. <laughs>
1: I get that. I feel you. I think that's a logical conclusion to make.
0: Yeah, I used to think Machop from Pokemon was made out of rock, but now I don't know why I thought that.
1: It's because you can find them in the rock tunnel, and they kind of look rocky. You can.
0: You can. They are blue, but they're just guys.
1: (laughs) They're just people like you or I.
0: They are just people. That's I don't weird Pokemon sidetrack. I don't like the Pokemon that are just people.
1: <laughs> I like some, but that's neither here nor there.
0: Which ones do you like?
1: Uh Mr. Mime I kinda like. You uh, like Mr. Mime? Alright. Yeah, I like Mr. Mime. Even as a kid I thought Mr. Mime was fun. I liked him because he was weird. He, he's okay. a okay. weirdo. Uh but that's about it. I, I like Jinx, but mainly just because of the type uh combo. Ice and psychic is a cool combo.
0: Okay, so help me out. What happens? Uh the dragon tells Bone where to find Thorn, just if you cross through the possum clearing where the possums live. You've got to yeah, play hide he and seek with some possums.
1: Oh boy.
0: Yeah, I hate these possums.
1: I I have that I specifically wrote that down in my notes. I hate these possums.
0: You got to tell them a story, which I don't know if you can get it wrong. I just told them a story and it worked. And you got to play hide and seek.
1: Yeah, they also play dead with you, but that's not really a puzzle. It's just part of the dialogue. Just, hey, want to play dead? Sure, we'll do that. (laughs) And then the other two. Well, I don't don't know if the story is a puzzle or not. Like you said, I just kind of just did a random story.
0: Yeah, it might not be a story puzzle. It might just be something to do with these possums. I bet the possums have a really great single issue in the middle of the volume that they felt like keeping.
1: Yeah, I'm sure these possums are great in the story when you don't have to, like, do an interactive element with them.
0: Um Eventually, they are appeased, and you can go through a bush in their garden and arrive at the spring, where Thorn is there. Thorn is a human woman, <laughs> very different in style from everything else that we've seen so far. And she's just hanging out with her shoes on, <laughs> she's just soaking her shoes in the spring.
1: This, this, I feel like, is where the... Um... The high fantasy elements kind of come more into play because up until now, it's only been, like, cartoony characters. You've had uh, the bones, you've had the possums, the dragon, the bugs. Only now do you get, like, actual human characters.
0: Yeah, only only in this one small segment of the game. Although, uh, I guess they are here to stay now. Thorn... I remember when I played this, this is the one thing I remember from when I played this when I was a kid, which was I thought Thorn was great. I loved Thorn. <laughs> <laughs> they, they definitely set up the whole, the, the trope of like weirdly tall potential girlfriend for small male figure in fantasy thing uh, that I, as a kid, definitely fell for every time.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, it also happens in gravity falls that's another good example of that
1: right right right
0: you you ever have that
1: um kind of not nothing really like specifically comes to mind but i get it it, it kind of reminds me of like uh who framed roger rabbit with uh roger and yeah. jessica that kind of trope yeah
0: yeah it, it gets me every time so i i looked i'm kind of cut, i'm cutting ahead now but After I finished the game, I looked through the credits, as I do, for Mm -hmm. interesting credit things, and I found out that Thorne was voiced by Bridget Mendler. Do you know who that Um, is?
1: I have no idea who that is.
0: She played the character Teddy on Good Luck Charlie, the Disney Channel sitcom. Now, this... Feels like absolutely the wrong time period for a Bridget Mendler appearance of any kind. <laughs> Bridget Mendler was um, pretty Disney famous in like the early 2010s. And this is 2005. Definitely feels like a weird time for Bridget Mendler. Um,
1: I wonder this was, if this was one of her like first roles. It might have been one of
0: her first roles. I would not be surprised. And, and I have no idea how Telltale would get that kind of role so quickly although i guess they were pretty established in california so they could find Um, people
1: while we're on the topic of uh thorn's voice actress um i honestly don't like it that much i think the bones are perfectly cast but i kind of feel like i don't know maybe it's just a voice direction kind of thing i feel like thorn sounds too young and i don't really like uh the voice direction for grandma ben later on either i feel like uh both kind of don't sound right
0: bridget mentally at least not not how i would at the time yeah
1: yeah i feel like she sounds like a little kid but i assume she's like older teens the thing with thorn
0: that i i kind of don't know if i feel that she's miscast because she's just a person you know, <laughs> that's right. It, that's it's the, the it's it's really just the
1: kind point. of the age thing. I feel like her voice is maybe like a little too high for uh, the design, I guess. Potentially, and then and then Grandma Ben, I feel like needs a little more gruffness to her voice. It sounds like they're just kind of playing her as like a typical sweet old lady kind of.
0: Yeah, uh, when, but in she's the she's, supposed narrative...
1: kinda, she's supposed to be kind of. She's supposed to be kind of you know, gruff, and yeah, rough. Yeah, they,
0: they keeps talking about how she's. She'll, like, kick your ass if you say the wrong thing to her. And yeah, and they, and never they have
1: really her, like... Yeah, and they have her do it in the episode, but the voice just doesn't match. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. it's fine.
0: I know a it, weird it... amount about Bridget Mendler, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, there... She, uh, at one point, lived right next door to my grandparents.
1: That's Interesting. You never Um, once asked her about Bone?
0: (laughs) I never got to meet her, but my my (laughs) grandpa did a bunch, apparently. And they were the only neighbors they've ever liked. Um, Oh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) And uh they I, I found out later that she quit acting in 2017 to go work as a researcher at MIT. She later joined an MIT um master's program in studying social media
1: oh that's cool and
0: now i think she works at harvard as a phd candidate in social media studies as well so that's just what she's been doing and uh also she was in bone out from boneville in the year (laughs) of 2005
1: (laughs) that's true well you know maybe someday she'll reach that height again (laughs)
0: maybe someday she was also in uh that borrowers movie by studio ghibli
1: oh right that's one of the only ghibli movies i haven't seen
0: yeah you've really threaded the needle on not knowing who bridget mendler is but don't worry i'm here (laughs) to help
1: (laughs) it's perfectly balanced i know very little about her and you you know a lot about her so it works out
0: yeah it's weird how that happened but it's true (laughs) um this is a
1: good podcast i feel good about what just happened (laughs)
0: Uh, so anyway phone bone immediately falls in love with thorn and he gets tongue tied but he's trying to ask her if she's seen his cousins so she has not and uh then you get to control phony bone it cuts away to phony bone
1: who i had no idea this was gonna be a thing i might have but i forgot
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh he does all the same stuff Like, crossing the the river, talking to Ted's big brother, talking to the possums, to get to um, Grandma Ben's farm, where Thorn takes phone bone. But he does it in a different way. He is just kind of an asshole about everything. And that's how he gets past... Yeah, I, I, I
1: do kind of like that. There's no real difference between how the two plays other than using their personalities in different ways to solve the puzzle. Like, yeah. when you're playing as Phone Bone, uh, I forget, how does he convince uh, the bigger bug, Ted's brother, to help him out? Is it just because he's nice, he can just ask him?
0: Um, yeah. Ted likes Phone Bone. So Ted just said, yeah. hey, can you help out my friend? And he does. And then Phone and then, bone angers him so much that he knocks him out
1: <laughs> yeah i i do like that
0: i, didn't, I like that you were... i didn't like playing his phony bone i didn't like oh it. Okay.
1: is it just because you were going through uh all the same areas or because you don't like being uh, a dick to all these people
0: i don't like being a dick to all those people and also <laughs> i didn't like just doing the same thing i did a- again so both <laughs> so both um uh, <laughs> Because the reward in an adventure game for solving a puzzle is being allowed access to something, whether it be in a place or a situation or an item or a character. And they put you in the situation where they're like, okay, now we've revoked all your access, so go do it again. And I felt very frustrated in that moment.
1: I get that. I totally get that. It's, it's not like, say, Day of the Tentacle where you have your choice between three of the characters, but they're all in totally different areas, and you can switch at them to any of them at any time.
0: No, it's not like that. And I can tell that maybe they're trying to get to a place like that where you can be Phone Bone, Phony Bone, or Smiley Bone. Um, but I, I don't think that know... would have been great if they I, yeah, did it
1: like the way Day of the Tentacle did it.
0: That would have been great. And I don't know why they didn't do it necessarily, other than if it's the same obstacles they all have to pass, and that that just means that they have the same uh, assets that the team had to create, so it was easier this way. Right. And also, Smiley Bone is not in this episode yet.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's kind of weird that they only focus on two out of the three. It kind of makes uh, Smiley feel a little less important to the story.
0: Well, I bet that's because he is.
1: (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, (laughs)
0: again, maybe Smiley Bone is secretly the Antichrist. If you've read all of the Bone comics, you would know that. And we are plebs and don't know that. (laughs) So, eventually, Phony and Phone Bone arrive at the farm, and they're allowed to stay there for a couple days until the fair in Barrelhaven, the next town over, where they assume they will be reunited with Smiley Bone. Because everyone in the valley goes to the fair.
1: So, it's only safe to assume Smiley Bone is a person who would be there.
0: Right. Uh, But in order to stay at the farm, they need to do some chores, like getting water and cutting wood and getting turnips and apples.
1: Mitch I hate to interrupt but do you mind if we rewind a second because okay. there's a part I really want to talk about um so we already talked about how playing with a possum sucked as phone bone but I feel like it really sucked when playing with them with uh phony bone I did not like doing hide and seek with these little guys.
0: Oh most staff most staff Dustin I hated it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's the part of the game like I, am I'm a little more positive on the rest of the game aside from a few small things, but this was the one spot where I was like, oh, this is not good, I don't, I don't enjoy this, I think I figured out the solution to it near the end of it, but for like half an hour, I was just clicking, cold, warm, warmer, cold, and I was just like, what's, I don't get it, but I think the way it works, and I could be totally wrong, but it seemed like this is how I got it to finally work, is, if you say cold they will move backwards yeah if you say warm they will move forwards yeah and, and if
0: you say hot they will turn a different direction
1: okay so that makes it a little better i it's not a totally brain dead little thing you can figure it out but it took me way too long to figure it out and i was just miserable until i figured it out
0: yeah it seems because this game is a real game that exists hot and cold. Um, The the things that you say should correspond with things that make sense, and they don't make sense. (laughs) I don't know why hot would randomly make you turn around in place.
1: Right? Like, I would assume... So, what I assumed going into this was, if they move in a direction... If you, if you say cold, I assume that meant they would move in the opposite direction. Like, if they took a step in one direction and you say cold, they would be like, oh, that means I'm moving farther away from where they are. I should turn around. But no, if you say warm or cold, they will... Well, I mean, I guess it kind of works that way when you think about it, but it, it sure didn't feel like it worked.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um... Well, it yeah i didn't I didn't like it. I did figure it out <laughs> how to make them move where I wanted to, but it still took too long
1: yeah i I figured it out on the last one, and then I felt really stupid. I was like, I could have avoided so much time.
0: The thing I do have a positive sort of <laughs> about the possum clearing is that this is the most jared Emerson Johnson ass sounding place ever the The song that plays in the possums clearing is the most like silly little throwaway trash ditty that you get the sense that jared emerson johnson just loves to compose
1: yeah i Uh, i agree it's very fun
0: i I don't think i like the song i just i like that it's there (laughs) and exists (laughs) this is just where this is the possum song this is where possums live
1: uh maybe you've heard of it the possum song (laughs)
0: <laughs> um. So, so, so
1: let's fast forward back to the farm Where we yeah, have to do you, some chores the farm.
0: You see Grandma Ben who I've written down In my notes is the most PC game Character model I've ever seen <laughs> L-
1: like, how, how do you mean? Ex- explain
0: She just looks exactly Like she's from a PC game From 2005 <laughs> I don't know... I don't know how to be more specific than that. Uh,
1: I, I, I don't quite get what you mean, but at the same time, I'm very intrigued by what you mean. The, <laughs>
0: she she looks very... Well, first, I think part of it is that she's just a very generic-looking old woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, the way her face is modeled, um, it, it just... I don't know. It gives me vibes. I don't know what I'm actually pulling here that she looks like, but she looks like something from the era for sure.
1: It's it's funny you mentioned she's just kind of has a generic uh, old lady design because I feel like, in the comics at least, she's a very striking design. I think the way they draw her face, like her eyes are always closed, something about the way they draw her mouth, like... Other than the bone characters, I felt like she was the character who made the uh, strongest impression, but I guess it just doesn't really capture it perfectly here. I feel like the bone characters look great in this game, though. They're very expressive. Um, But yeah, the human character is not super as much. So
0: they call her Grandma Ben, but later we find her name is Rose.
1: That's true from the dragon.
0: So her last name
1: is Ben? Yeah, I I guess so. Or um, Maybe Rose is a nickname. Probably not. That's probably your real name. I wish I knew more about this to talk about it.
0: (laughs) Maybe her full name is Rosa Ben.
1: (laughs) Is that a real name? No. Or did you make it up? I made it up with my mind. Good job. It it sounds like it could be a real name, but also it sounds made up.
0: So phone phone and phony. I hate that that's what they're called. I, um, I,
1: I, I agree. It's Why have one named Phony and have one just phone without the E?
0: Yeah. They need to go do the chores. And these feel like real chores. Uh, I don't <laughs> like doing... Uh, this was the episode coming to a grinding halt for me. Finding water and chopping wood and getting turnips and stuff.
1: I felt like the phony part of it was a little more fun, but the phone bone part was just excruciating. Yeah. Especially when you get the axe, the head of the axe stuck in the wood you're supposed to chop. I was like, I don't know. I'm clicking on everything. It, you know, I eventually got it, but I was just like walking around for a while. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm not that interested in doing it. Uh, but I got it. Don't worry.
0: I, I'm proud of you, Justin. <laughs> Thanks.
1: <laughs> I um, I could have I could have just watched a YouTube video, but I didn't want uh, my friend Mitch to think less of me.
0: There was a really fun bit when Phony enters the farm. Uh, they pan to Phone, who's been there for a while, who is just in the middle of telling Thorn the plot to Moby Dick. <laughs> Like That's that.
1: weird to me. That's weird to me that Moby Dick exists in this world. It is—is is it weird to you? Uh, it would have been if not for the fact
0: that Phonebone has the book Moby Dick in his inventory at all times.
1: Well, yeah, but and if you use too... it on
0: something, you can just stand there and read a passage from Moby Dick. <laughs> uh, so they've leaned into it.
1: Yeah, but I I just feel like. In this fantasy world, it's weird to have a book that's a real book. Like, mm-hmm. that That just exists in this world now. Moby Dick is part of this world. And that's weird to me. I I guess it wouldn't have made as much sense to have, like, a, a fictional made-up book. Because then you you would have zero connection to it. It wouldn't be a joke that would land that way. But at the same time, it's just a weird thing about... <laughs> About the way this world is set up,
0: yeah, especially considering the fact that it's it's not a new book, but it's not like the Canterbury t- Tales or something. It's not from yeah. history. It's it's a it's an American book from yeah.
1: It would it would be like if you had this world of uh, knights in shining armor. There's these magical magicians and warlocks and stuff. And then the and then the movie uh, Seth MacFarlane's Ted is just there for them to watch.
0: <laughs> I kind of like that, though. I don't know. I, I enjoy that amount of fantasy flubbing.
1: Eh, it, it's not a big deal. It just struck me as like, huh, that, that seems like a weird thing to have here. But it, it, it in no way, like, affects the story at all. You can just kind of hand wave it away, so...
0: Well, as, um, as a bit of personality to give bone, or sorry, to give phone bone, just That's... The, the fact that he's really excited about things like Moby Dick and stuff.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> let's face it, he needs that extra personality yeah.
0: boost. He needs a little something. Uh, I
1: wonder if he's a little more charming in the comic. I wonder if uh, the performance sounding so bored is a reason why he doesn't come across as very exciting here. Maybe maybe in the comic, he's a little more likable.
0: I'm willing to bet also that in the comics, the, the world is a bit less fantasy and a little more wacky, so m- something like Moby Dick coming up it feels less like it's breaking the world and more like it's just another wacky thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, so you do all the chores, and then you have dinner with thorn and grandma rose or sorry grandma ben and you talk about what you're going to do at the festival which is the great cow race where grandma ben on her own races against all the cows <laughs>
1: uh
0: which is great i love that yeah i concept. like that i'm excited to see it in the next episode <laughs> but in the how middle did, how of did the you night... feel about this oh, sorry go ahead dinner
1: scene how did you feel about this whole uh dinner part of the game
0: I liked the um I liked it actually. I I liked the 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 break to let Phone hit on Thorn a little bit more and for phony and Phone to talk about Smiley and stuff and th- there was some cool stuff in there.
1: I I totally agree but it started getting a little long in the tooth for me because it just wasn't ending, so I figured I was doing it wrong, and then I realized you can click on Yawn to just yeah. end it whenever. Yeah, so you have to I click felt on a little Yawn. stupid about that, but for a while I was like, oh, when is this going to end? I'm just cycling through these. Um, I feel like it could have been handled maybe a little smoother, but I did like it overall. I agree with uh your points about it. Yeah, the thing with...
0: um the thing with this whole story is that there's so much writing per second in out from boneville way more than sam and max i feel they've just stuck a lot of lines everywhere mm-hmm. all the characters talk forever and <laughs> they don't have to it's all excess
1: yeah, I guess I guess that uh, is a problem that comes from adapting a comic like Bone into uh, an adventure game. You don't really want to cut out that dialogue that's needed to progress the story in a comic, but it doesn't necessarily lend itself well to a game. That's why uh, the Sam and Max games are not adaptations of Sam and Max comics. They're brand new stories that you can kind of work around that a little more elegantly.
0: Well, I don't even know if I think it's necessarily a bad thing. It just is... I I just thought it was very impressive the fact that it had so much uh, writing. I think the the Bone games are impressive. They have a lot of things going on, especially for their first major adventure game. Yeah, by, by the for studio the, for the time. And uh, it, it's interesting that they've sort of lost the appeal that they once had because the people at Telltale, if you ask, if you're uh, watching them in. Interviews talking about some of their favorite games or something. They never bring up Bone. They talk about Sam and Max. They talk about Tales of Monkey Island. They talk about Walking Dead, of course. They talk about Batman and they talk about Strong Bad. Oh, and the and uh, the Wolf Among Us. They never yeah, talk Bones about just kinda
1: Bone. Kind of left out.
0: Yeah. Um, the The more recent people, the older people, all of them, the same. Uh, agree on one thing, which is that they didn't care much for Bone. Uh, <laughs> So there's um, a there's a young thorn dream sequence after the dinner.
1: I feel like this is more necessary than the intro uh prologue. I feel like you could have just done this and it would have kind of clued you in that there's something kind of going on.
0: I don't know what
1: happens. I don't know what it means. I I I don't really either. I just feel like it could uh this, I feel like this is enough to let you know that some, there's something going on with Thorn. There's something going on uh, with the story at large, so it, it kind of clues you in that there's more than what you're seeing.
0: Yeah, um, I have in my notes that the dream sequence is way too well animated. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like young Thorn is looking back and forth, and you can tell she's really afraid, and her face is moving normally. And it that's it just doesn't the motion of it feels way more produced than the entire rest of the game.
1: <laughs> that's right, Telltale, tell, please step take it down a notch. <laughs>
0: Come on, <laughs> um, but she just looks scared. I like I didn't know what she was scared of, so it it didn't. Uh, It didn't seem to, it didn't matter to me, (laughs) but it was a fun thing to have, I guess, just a a weird, well-animated segment in the middle of the episode.
1: You are a scared small child, and I just don't care.
0: It reminded me of the vibes of that 2001 GameCube tech demo for the future of Legend of Zelda, where (laughs) they had Link fighting Ganondorf, but it was... It was in a way that was clearly animated for animation's sake and could not have been a game. Um, yeah. It it gave me that vibe. I don't know why that was the thing I jumped to. But
1: <laughs> it was I like it. I like that we that it I like that Bone is reminding us of wildly different things like Pokemon and Zelda.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um so the rat creatures meet up with their boss, who is the giant rat that makes all of the rules. And that rat um, is talking about... They're talking about Phony. They're talking about the bone with the star on his chest. And Phony has a star on his shirt. And they they need that guy. That's the one they're looking for.
1: Yeah, so... it. like I said, Phony is the one that really ties it. He's the reason they got kicked out of Boneville. He's the one these rat creatures are talking about i honestly like i'm sure this wouldn't work in the story in the long run i'm sure there's plans for phone down the line but it feels like phony just should have been the guy
0: yeah i i feel i have a suspicion that the thing they're leading up to is phony gets kidnapped and phone has to save him so phony is the the zelda and phone is the link of the story and uh yeah and that's why that. phone is the main character even though phony is the more important character i guess yeah that's what i feel
1: that makes sense that makes sense i think you're onto something with that
0: we'll we'll find out or not next week when we cover <laughs> the great cow race uh, i
1: have a sneaking suspicion i know which one it'll be
0: <laughs> so all the rat creatures get ready to attack the farm uh, Grandma's not even a little worried because she said that she fought the rats back in the big war. Uh, which is great. <laughs> That's a great line. And, uh, then there's another chase sequence that is the same mechanic as the Locus ch- uh, chase sequence from earlier in the game.
1: I totally forgot about that original chase sequence. I think we just kind of skipped over it. What did you think of these, both of these chase sequences?
0: Uh, we mentioned it, but, uh yeah i I didn't like them. it was it was kind of hard to control
1: i I totally agree. like the first one I stuck it out and beat on my own and then the second one I failed twice and it was just like, look, you want to skip this and I was like, yeah, I do.
0: yeah, i <laughs> that makes sense. Um, at at the end, once you've ran away enough from the rat creatures, the red dragon shows up and saves you. Turns out Red Dragon and Grandma Rose know each other from way back when. And then they start walking into Barrelhaven, where the, the fair is going to be. And it's Phone Bone, Phony Bone, Thorn, and Rose. That's the crew.
1: And they meet up with Smiley Bone at the end. They finally meet up with uh, our good friend Smileybone. What a fun thing. <laughs> and the episode ends with a mysterious hooded figure.
0: Yeah, the mysterious hooded figure wants to uh, kidnap Phony Bone still. And uh, we'll find out why, maybe. Yeah. That's Bone Out from Boneville. I I didn't love it, but I thought it was really interesting to see Telltale's first attempt at an adventure game. And especially to know that their first attempt at an adventure game was much more of a kid-style game than... I would have expected.
1: Yeah, um I'm I'm kind of with you with you. I didn't love it. There was lots of parts in it that were frustrating and not fun, but I am very impri- I liked it more than I thought I was going to. I thought it was going to be like way more primitive than it was. Uh I think it looks really good. I I think uh just by nature of the uh the environments and stuff, but also just how expressive the the bone characters are. Um I think honestly, if I had to make that call, I would say I think this looked better than Salmon Mac season one to me.
0: Ooh, I don't know. I don't think I would say that, but it's close. It's not that primitive. it yeah, I, it really looks. I think nice it just comes
1: down to, I think it just comes down to personal taste. like I just preferred these kind of fantasy like forests and stuff over like a city environment um so it kind of spoke to me a little more i'm sure technically salmon max looks better but um this one kind of grabbed me a little more maybe it's just because i was expecting it to look a lot more primitive than it did so uh, i was surprised a little bit but uh i do think this looks very nice for what it is and when it came out
0: what if smiley bone were in poker night at the inventory
1: I'd love that. I think that would be great. I think all three of these, well, I think two of the three of these bone characters would, are great characters that would work very well for poker night at the inventory. Uh,
0: So one last thing I have about Mm -hmm. the episode Mm -hmm. is that in the credits of telltale Texas Hold'em, all of telltale games is listed out. You've got Dan Connors, Kevin Bruner, Heather Logos, you know, Dave Grossman, all all the the normal people you'd expect there that were at uh, Telltale Games at the time. And then at the Mm -hmm. bottom of the list of Texas Hold'em's list of Telltale employees is Sir Rat. It's a rat that's been knighted by the Queen of England, Sir Rat.
1: Sir Rat.
0: And in the credits of Bone out from Boneville, which is roughly six months after Telltale Texas Hold'em came out. It is dedicated to the memory of Sir Rat.
1: Oh, I'm yeah. sorry Sir Rat didn't make it.
0: It it was a real short run for Sor- Sir Rat. Um, do you think that's one of their rats? Do you think that's a pet? Do you think they had the pet at the office?
1: I think so. I think, I think that seems likely that Sir Rat was... Uh, If not a pet at the office, at least one of the staff members' pet. Obviously a pet that made a uh, strong impression.
0: Do you think it was like a dog?
1: (laughs) They just named it Sir Rat.
0: (laughs) That's how I'd like to picture Sir Rat as a (laughs) dog.
1: They're just laughing laughing at themselves saying, These stupid players will never know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, this podcast episode is also dedicated to the memory of Sir Rat. Wherever you are out there, I hope that you're doing well. You'll never be forgotten. You'll never be forgotten now that we've recorded this episode.
1: <laughs>
0: so, Dustin, that's Bone Out from Boneville, Fat Dog from Midterms. I am um, <laughs> I am excited to see what they do for the next episode of the, sh- of the game. The next yeah. episode came out in 2006, which was the same year that salmon max season one started so we're getting more toward that was it, time period
1: was it before or at did salmon max already start or did this come out before salmon max started no it, it came out or...
0: before salmon max
1: okay so so it's still pre-salmon max but it's a lot closer so maybe uh i'm sure they learned some things from making this episode some things might be improved
0: yeah the order they came out was telltale texas hold'em Bone Out from Boneville, CSI Three Degrees of Murder, then the second bone, The Great Cow Race, and then Salmon Max Season 1.
1: Interesting. Hmm. So they not only had this first bone chapter to go off of, but they had experience with CSI. Not that, you know, tonally that would contribute much, but I'm sure they still learned some, like, Gameplay things here and there from that, that they could apply to the great cow race. Maybe I've never played the CSI games. Maybe they're entirely different and non-applicable. Who
0: knows? I've been trying to play these. I've been trying to figure out how to play the CSI games, Uh, especially the first two. There's four CSI seasons of games, (laughs) although the seasons were always released as individual products rather than an ongoing season. Right. And I, the first two are very hard to get a hold of. The PC version seems not to exist in any kind of way online. And it only came out as a CD. And I don't even know how to like set up a CD disk drive with my computer. So I don't think I can do that. The other thing, though, was that it was ported to PlayStation 2.
1: Interesting. So Telltale's only PlayStation 2 games.
0: Might have been the there might have actually been another CSI game on PlayStation Two from Telltale. I, I'm, oh. not, I'm not positive, um, but I'm thinking that might be the version that is easier to play.
1: It it depends on how uh, easy it is to get a hold of if there's any copies on like eBay.
0: Yeah, I I can't tell yet if that's going to work out. Uh, which is why we're not doing CSI right now after the great cow race we're gonna head right into salmon max season two salmon max beyond time and space Ooh, dustin why don't you lead us into our segment this week all
1: right so we have a different segment this week from our usual fair you know what mitch you're gonna hate me i don't remember what it was called i remember what we're gonna talk about but (laughs) did you have a name for this little segment of ours
0: well i we didn't have a good name we might change it later but it was currently just Character of the Week. Character
1: of the Week. The Hall of Fame for this episode. Hall of
0: the Week. Of... <laughs> uh, week Weekly... The Weekly Guy. Um...
1: <laughs> the Weekly Guy. <laughs> <laughs> you get it. Uh, you guys get know. it.
0: Yeah, it, it's, a, it's the one we liked the most this week. The character that shined the brightest. Um, for example, my character of the week last week was theodore Dudebro because he asked grandma shaky how much she weighed and that was the only thing i laughed at in the game
1: he, he also played himself so you know he brought it
0: yeah so that was definitely my character of the week but this is a different
1: week we got a whole different character this week mitch let me know who your character of the week was for bone out from boneville or as you like to call it bone out from boneville
0: (laughs) bone out from midterms uh my (laughs) character of the week uh i think is ted the bug
1: i knew it as soon as you You told me as soon as you told me what this segment was gonna be i said mitch is gonna say ted the bug
0: why on earth would you know that
1: I don't know it, it. It just struck it just struck me as the character you would say.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay. Um... <laughs>
1: <laughs> but why do you like Ted the Bug so much? I
0: just like him. <laughs> he's he's got a little voice. Uh, he he's got a big brother who defends him, and uh, he's he doesn't even have a face. He's just a little leaf guy, and I really like that. They they show his talking. By just having three lines extend from him, like he's yelling, but he's not yelling.
1: Yeah, it gets the point across very well.
0: Yeah, I, I just like Ted the Bug. That's my character. I'm really preoccupied with how you knew I would
1: say that. <laughs> I It, it just kind of struck me as someone you would say. Even when <laughs> just playing the episode, I was like, I feel like we're going to talk about Ted the Bug. Because I almost didn't. Oh, interesting. Who did you almost say?
0: I almost said uh, world-renowned Disney sitcom actor Bridget Mendler playing <laughs> Thorne was All my right. character of the week. I, I thought just the way that they, they showed her uh, entrance into the story was well-choreographed. But no, it's definitely Ted the Bug. I like Ted the Bug a lot.
1: <laughs> Which one is yours? So I almost... Ted the Bug was actually my almost. I almost said him. Uh, I feel like I'm going to have to go with Phony Bone. I feel like... Uh, interesting. Yeah, I like him. I know you were saying you didn't like being a dick to people, but I I liked it just because... <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I liked it mainly because... After playing as Phone Bone, he's just so vanilla, so plain. And, you know, maybe he gets more interesting as the story goes, as the comic goes later, but... He did nothing for me, and I feel like switching over to Phony Bone, I was like, these character interactions with these other characters are a lot more interesting. Even though he's a dick, um you know, I feel like he's perfectly casted. That voice just suits the kind of character he is so perfectly. And also I like that he's such a driving force in the plot. I like that almost all of this stems from Phony Bone. Um, and I I also feel like just because he has that shirt on, it makes him more interesting to look at than Phone Bone himself. And I know you were kind of saying earlier you, you don't quite feel the same way about uh, the two Bone cousins than uh, Phone Bone, at least design-wise. But yeah, I just feel like Phony Bone just was firing on all cylinders here.
0: Yeah, I um, I like the way Phone Bone looks. I think the Bone design in general, is a really fun-looking design. hmm um, So, for Phone to be the normal one of the Bones, I still think it's pretty interesting in, in terms of aesthetics. In terms of yes. personality, though, I do not. Uh, yes, and, agree. And you're right. Phony Bone's pretty cool. I thought... I made a guess at what you would pick as well, and it was not Phony Bone. My guess was that you'd say the Red Dragon.
1: I do think the Red Dragon is very cool. I love that design, but... Um... He doesn't really do a whole lot this episode. He pops up a couple times, and um, the voice isn't, like, bad. I I don't want to say they do a bad job, but it's not really what I was expecting for him, which is fine. But I think that's why he wasn't quite at the top for me. But he he is very cool. I actually almost said uh, Smiley Bone, too. Because Smiley Bone is a lot of fun, but he's barely in the episode at all. So I I couldn't, in all good consciousness, vote for Smiley Bone. Fair enough. But maybe next episode. Maybe next episode he'll have his time to shine.
0: Yeah, and we thought about doing lines for this episode, our favorite lines. And uh, this game really just isn't about that. So we don't have lines for you all today. But we do have our favorite characters, which are Ted the Bug... And phony bone,
1: I I did mention I had one line. I had a single, well, uh, two lines—a back and forth between two characters. It kind of made me smirk a little bit. Is uh, when phony bone meets Ted the bug, and Ted just says, "I'm Ted. I'm a bug," and phony bone just immediately shoots him down. He says, "Spare me the details."
0: <laughs> that is good.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's the one detail, and he's like, "All right, enough of that." <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't want to get lost in the weeds of your identity. (laughs) Um, Great. Well, that's been Bone Out from Boneville. Or Bone Out from Boneville.
1: (laughs) I think it was interesting. Even if it wasn't super funny, it wasn't super fun. I was very interested in it, and I'm even more interested to get into the next one. Dustin, in the meantime, where can people find you? Hey, people listening! You can find me on Twitter or Instagram or anywhere really at Amazing DJ Dustin. But Mitch, why don't you tell these fine folks where they can find you?
0: Well, you can find me on Twitter at the Wolf FM. That's at T H E W O L F E F M, and you can catch this podcast at its usual place at its usual time next week for Bone the Great Cow Race. Until then, I'll see you later.
1: So long.